These gun markets are crazy. We are in Pakistan, traveling towards the Afghan border to the world's most notorious gun market. I think by 27, I'd been with a third of the world's nationalities, the world champion of flagging. And it was an empty and unsatisfactory. Involved in bankrupt used to be on my forum, actually. He was a... Uh, Dude, passport bro thing is blowing up right now. It's painful to me to watch it because it's 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 very myopic. The best type of relationship is consensual non-monogamy, where the man's casual encounters are overlooked and the woman doesn't cheat. Yay or nay? Back in bold. And we got uh, an exciting guest today, a treat for me, somebody that uh, is almost a legend in the space of traveling and dating. Two topics that I'm very interested in. It's the Naughty Nomad coming straight from Malta, I believe you're based now. Yeah, Malta. Uh, pleasure to pleasure to be here. And hello out there, everyone. <laughs> Why'd you choose Malta? I know they got a good residency program. Cost of living is decent. It's the Mediterranean, but uh, what's the big pull there? Taxes. Uh. Partly, but um, there was a lot of reasons why I chose Malta. So um, I'm glad you let me talk about this for a bit because I, I, I mean to, I get asked this all the time. Why did I end up in this tiny little island in the Mediterranean? I mean, it's it's only half a million people uh, in the middle of the Med, uh, off Sicily between Tunisia. A lot of people haven't even heard of it. Why did I end up here? Well, basically, um, I was living in Manhattan, New York, and I came back to Europe my visa ran out and I had I made the decision to to settle in Europe because I wanted to be close to Ireland uh, close to home with all my friends and family and I was thinking right where in Europe would I live because I didn't want to live in Ireland it's way too cold um and for me it was an easy decision Malta was my number one choice I had been there three times previously and I just um I loved the lifestyle I had visited friends you know, back when I graduated university, um, there was a 2008 collapse. They all spread out all over the globe, uh, expatriated to various regions. I visited uh, friends in Korea, in Cambodia, a lot of them moved to North America, Australia, so on and so forth. And um, my friend in Malta, uh, so one of the guys I originally went to Malta with, he fell in love with a girl here and he moved here. But he had the best lifestyle out of all my friends. He had the best lifestyle cost of living and all that and um and what he was doing for a living and i wanted to copy and paste it basically like yep this is the place to be first of all it's incredibly sunny it's 300 days of sunshine i mean we're lower down here than tunis in tunisia north africa so it's um beautiful weather everyone speaks english it's the only country aside from ireland in the european union where english is an official language and uh, they speak maltese as well but everyone speaks english in a way, it was actually not a big departure from Manhattan because it's an island uh, like, like Manhattan. There's people from all over the world come there. The nightlife goes till later than New York. It's like 6 a.m. It's a big party island. Um, yeah, and there was, well, and my background just fell down. That's going to happen, by the way. I wouldn't be surprised if all these fall down during the interview because I, I got no, that. No worries. Let's, that, that mic was just a little, it was making some noise. Is the mic good oh. now? Is it better now, the mic? Perfect, perfect. Yep. Yeah, okay, cool. um, yeah, so, um, and there was also uh, opportunities from real estate point of view, uh, from a business point of view. In Ireland, um, trying to get a uh, real estate as a single person 
is almost impossible. There's a massive housing crisis over there. You basically have to be teamed up with uh, another woman who's earning a lot of money. And you both need to be earning a lot of money and save a lot for a deposit to invest here. Whereas here, I was able to invest in real estate just as a single person. Um, and yeah, less regulations for business, a bit more business friendly. I've set up a few bars here. Um, yeah, and just a good life. I live like my place here. It's I can see the sea from my uh, from my apartment. I mean, I'm walking two minutes. I'm on this beautiful boulevard overlooking the capital of Valletta, which is this ancient. Uh, well, not so ancient, but it's a it's very um, old, beautiful uh, medieval city um, that is typical of of Europe. So it's got the history as well, and and they have tombs here that are older than the pyramids in Egypt. Um, yeah, there's a lot of draws. Uh, she, I didn't yeah, see those when I went to Malta. Older than the pyramids in Egypt? What's going on yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. They, they, so there's um, in Ireland, we have this thing called Newgrange, which is older than the pyramids as well. It's like these freestanding tombs that, uh, in fact, Malta has the oldest freestanding uh, temples or tombs in the whole world. Uh, and it's basically these giant stone pillars that form a circle that work with the solstices in, in terms of letting in light. It, it's very strange because we have almost the exact same style of tomb in Ireland, which is uh, fascinating. And this is probably a hint to what I think a lot of Graeme, Graeme Hancock and others talk about, about maybe there was a, an ancient civilization uh, prior to the Younger Dryas uh, extinction event that happened around 12,000 years ago. But anyway, it's it's got it's got all the history. It's got the nightlife. You can party here. Uh, drinking and cost of living is relatively, relatively cheap. Um, yeah, what else to say about it? Um, well, if it also, wasn't for Malta, if it wasn't for Malta, Europe would probably be Muslim. Uh, the yeah. Ottomans, they had their last stand there. Who was that uh, That group? The castles are still standing. I think it was, I, I could be getting this wrong, it was something the great... Um, Not the oh, Templars, Dar- someone else. No, the, the Knights of Malta. It was, yeah, the, the Knights, Knights of Malta. Malta. St. John, the, uh, yeah. Um, and they, it was, I can't remember the Turkish general... But they were severely outnumbered um, here. They they built in the they have Valletta forts and Saint Elmo and uh, then the three cities, and they did all sorts of clever ways to defeat the Turks. And they fit, they defeated their greatest general as well. They, what they did is they the old capital here, which is a beautiful old city uh, in the middle of the island, absolutely gorgeous, called Emdina. And they basically sent all the women and children up to that central fort and made them dress up as soldiers as a decoy, and they kind of forced the Ottomans to attack the uh, the coast there. And they sacrificed St. Elmo, which is Valletta, but eventually they got beaten at the three cities. Uh, and it basically crushed uh, Ottoman incursions into the central Mediterranean. Uh, you know, the history here is fantastic. Uh, I mean, everyone was here. And it really is, the, even the language, it's the only Latinized uh, Semitic language there is. So the language is derived from Arabic. Uh, like I studied Arabic in university and all the roots are the same. The numbers are the same. The only thing is it's written uh, in a Latin style. Now, they don't like to admit their kind of Arab roots, but uh, it is very much um, of that ilk, you know. Yeah, so it's a great no, it's place. A, it's a beautiful uh, island. Beautiful. And also you got cheap flights, Ryanair, Wizz Air, yeah, 10 euros, you're in Sicily, uh, 10 euros, you're in Sardinia, you're right by Tunis. Um with Wizz Air now to Budapest, it opens up the whole world. So I love living in Europe. I love living in Mediterranean in general. Um, anyone who lives in the Mediterranean, whether it be southern Spain or even 
Portugal or, or places like that. They love it. I mean, it's a good lifestyle here. It just it really work-life balance is perfect. Uh, yeah, I've just not good things to say about the place. Yeah, I think three, four years ago, I was telling you I rented those ATVs and went all around the island and uh, jumped off the castle walls. And it, it was a, it was a good vibe. I liked Malta a lot. And then me, of course, too. I love the Mediterranean. I lived in Italy for two years. Spent oh, nice. a lot of time in the Spanish coast, uh, Albanian coast, been all around Sicily. So I, I think there is definitely a special vibe relating to the Mediterranean. And it's been like that through history, right? I mean, that, that's how it's been. But okay, Mark, I've seen your content before. I think it started with the, the city guides, you know, with the dating yeah. and whatnot. Um, I've seen a couple of your videos. Like your name is definitely known in the travel sphere. Um. I want to ask you this. So I, I was telling you, I was just on a flight from Thailand to Munich and now I'm back in, in Poland. So I'm a little under the weather You know, I went from the great Thai summer to, you know, a dreary, cold, shitty Poland. But uh, I was on a flight from my last one from Munich to, to Warsaw, you know, after the 20 some hours of doing the, the Thai, to, Thai to Germany flight. And I was sitting next to this dude, you know, one of those uh, puddle jumpers with Lafuanza. The German airline, right? Yeah, yeah. So Lufthansa, there's yeah. no first class, but in the in the front they have you know seats for people who pay a little more. And we were sitting just behind that. It's me and this dude, and I'm sitting on the window. He's sitting on the aisle, and he's probably like a six foot three Polish dude. He's got a suit on. I see he's got the black Daytona Rolex. He's on his laptop the whole time. An hour and a half flight. You know, I can see his calendar. Everything is full, and I'm just looking. I'm like, damn. I am so happy I don't live that life. And not, not saying it's bad and maybe he is fulfilled, but I'm like, this dude is on a little puddle jumper, you know, not even first class. He's got his whole suit on. He's going through his calendar on a Wednesday afternoon, you know, probably back to work in Poland. And uh, I, I, it just got me thinking about the life me and you live, you know, this nomadic life. We're not following traditional ways of living. We're, we're really doing things how we want, when we want, where we want, with who we want. And uh, it just made me grateful. And I'm totally judging judging him from the cover, right? Maybe he's a happy dude, but uh, it just gave me some interesting perspective. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I can't really, uh, you know, I used to have that blog, Naughty Nomad, and I can't really call myself Naughty Nomad anymore because I am quite uh, settled here now. I said, a real estate, I've got, uh, this, we have four bars now in the franchise I've started. Um, I'm very much based here. I do travel plenty, though. Um, I, you know, I I was I said the first six months of last year, our first four and a half months, I was sailing around the Caribbean. And I try and get out of here as much as possible. But I know what you mean, like unconventional lifestyles. It's amazing to think so many people don't consider that the grass is greener. The many people who are brought up in, you know, some random place in the world and they just stay there for the rest of their lives um it, you know that's the majority of people uh, it takes a lot of balls to get outside your comfort zone move abroad expatriate to somewhere else you know travel around it's it's not something that's common now it's more common the whole uh in my in my country it's actually quite common to be honest ireland a lot of people move abroad for a year or two eventually come back um yeah no i mean you only live once so uh why not you know see see the world enjoy yourself uh, what do you what do you reckon about uh what's your favorite place do you mind me asking 
It depends. You know, if I want the party, if I want the history, if I want the the safety, I mean, but if I had to choose one country to live in, it would for sure be Italy. You know, you got the food, the vino, the clothing, the style, the history, uh, North and South is completely different. The girls are not the best, but you know, very nice. Um, La Dolce they're very, Vita. They're very feminine. They're very feminine. Like they're stylish and feminine. In the South, in the North, they've gotten very more Westernized with the tattoos and the colored uh, hair, but uh, yeah. they still have, they know how to cook. They know how to do stuff like that. But anyways, I wanted uh, so I said I came across your content years ago, right? And it might have been mm -hmm. the Naughty Nomad stuff, the city guide. I'm not sure why I didn't completely follow you, but uh, I was telling you beforehand, one of my inspirations and someone that I kind of latched on to in this space, kind of living life your own way, uh, going against the grain, dating, travel, nomad life, was that Tom Torero. Now, what's fascinating to me is you... You, you seem like, okay, you got the most out of the nomad life. You found a spot that works for you. You kind of put some roots down, but you're still traveling. And we look at a guy like Tom. I don't know how much you know about him, but, you know, unfortunately he committed suicide. What was it? Yeah. Two years ago. And, uh, you know, he was the, uh, the Black Sheep Bandits. And he was a very big inspiration. Of course, he had the hit piece on him. And, uh, you know, that. Yeah, he was one of the pioneers of the, the London day game model. Yeah. I know he influenced a lot of guys in a very positive way. So my question is, though, is this, you know, a lot of the people that uh, doing this nomadic lifestyle or, or living free, you know, what when comes the point where you need to be careful or you need to figure out some stuff? Because, you know, I think a lot of people just go off the deep end like a, a Roosh member or bold and determined that dude. They both went to like Christianity extremes. Like it seems like anyone that does this life, it's definitely not lasting. And they definitely go crazy, you know, if they keep doing it. What do you think about that? I think that's a great question, first of all. And I've often contemplated this. Um, you know, I'm trying to be the one that kind of gets out alive. I think when you get into pickup, especially when you get really good at game and you experience abundance when it comes to your dating life, and when you really get into like travel and adventure, it's, it's, a, it's a drug, really. Both are, are, are drugs. And it becomes an addiction. And yeah, it does drive a lot of people crazy. I think when you reach a certain level, you basically make a deal with the devil. Uh, and it kind of can poison you a bit, especially when it comes to relationships. Uh, if you have abundance or experience a lot of abundance, that can really wreak havoc in trying to, let's say, raise a family in a sort of a stable situation. And it, it presents challenges because you're not, you basically not like, normal guys most men never experience abundance most men don't develop the skills to get very successful with women most men don't have the option of traveling and experience this kind of abundance so you become not most men in trying to live a normal life and the and it's hard to kind of live with integrity uh, and balance those two things and i think the only way to kind of get that balance right it took me a long time to kind of uh, it took me years uh, kind of of transition and working on myself to realize that the only way to kind of strike that balance is trying to live in truth um and and have uh, sort of live in integrity as best you can and that means that you know trying to be as honest as you can in relationships uh, being honest about your flaws being honest about your weaknesses being on be honest about your vices and just trying to live um with integration you know you can't the thing is when you 
when you accumulate these skills and uh, you you have that part of your life, you have this amazing, uh, amazing experience that becomes part of your identity. It really becomes part of your identity, the whole uh, nomadic lifestyle or the seducer. Or, that's the problem with being a dating coach. You know, you get, you get wrapped up in your identity. I wrote a post about this years ago about becoming a prisoner to your persona. That definitely happened to me when I was writing the Naughty Nomad blog. And I realized it took me years uh, and even some therapy to realize that you can't delete that part of yourself. You know, once it's there, it's there. You just have to work on integration. And that part uh, can be difficult. And I think what happens is with, you know, like a lot of these dating coaches, um, or I think of the Rouches or the Toms stuff, they get it becomes so much part of their identity, it becomes dangerous and they can't integrate that with uh with themselves and they they get this kind of uh, loss of identity when that part of their life goes away and that's certainly happened to me and um, so what happens when you lose your identity you search in other places to find a sense of self and often especially in the case with i don't know why this is the case in north america because i don't think I don't think new worlders have such a strong sense of identity that we do maybe in Europe with our, with our history. But I think often that religion is the answer there. Because um, you'll notice that a lot of these guys who've lived this life, the Europeans don't tend to veer towards religion. It's more of a North American um, thing. Uh, that's, that's what I found because, you know, in America, I think identities are quite shallow. You know, if you think of it... Um, and it's, I'm, I'm going into depth about this because ultimately this is about identity. In America, maybe you're a quarter Polish or half Irish or, you know, three quarters German, this or that. You just become uh, a white person. Or maybe you're, you were, you're a black person and your ancestors were taken from the Ibu tribe in Nigeria and they mixed with this or that and you just become uh, a black person. And a lot of identities in the States are based on just something as shallow as a skin color. There's not a lot of roots. So people lean towards religion or ideology a bit more because that's where they find identity. Whereas in Europe, we have rich cultures with long traditions and history. So we're a little bit more secure in identity. So that doesn't happen as much. Uh, I don't know why I'm bringing this up in particular, but you asked about people getting lost along the way. No, it's I, interesting. Think, I, think, I think this uh, is part of it. Um, but I really think it's, I look at, I look at guys, sorry, to, uh, I'll just finish my thought here. I look at a lot of uh, guys in my field, I live my life and I see them getting trapped into the things that I did, uh, especially when your job and your income is dependent on you living a certain way, that can be really a trap and it's hard to move on from that. So I think guys need to be very introspective. And if you're going to get into pick up and get really into that kind of scene. Uh, just be careful not to become trapped in it. Like, don't put in your Twitter handle like, "Oh, this I'm Day Game Joe" or "I'm Traveler Bob," or, you know, or this or that, because you're going to get sucked in and become a dancing monkey for that monkeyer. Okay, a lot of points there. For one, I can actually take what you're saying serious about uh, Americans because you actually live there. I cannot stand. When Europeans start uh, saying different things about USA when they've never even been there, but that's a lot of points with the, the whole identity point of Americans. And I think we used to have, uh, you know, not uh, a blood identity, but we had a culture identity with the freedom of speech, the religion, work hard, you know, 
you know, the land of opportunity. I think that's slowly been going away. That's what kept all these different cultures connected because America is a melting pot. So many different cultures in, in USA. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you hit a lot of points there. Hold on. I need to, to rethink. What was I going to say? My man, Mark, you can go on a monologue. <laughs> That's the one thing, though. So we're talking about um, uh, Mr. Tom Torero. I've never got into this whole red pill space. Yeah, I read the Rational Mail. Yeah, I looked at the subreddit back in the day. Um, I have a good grasp on uh, what Evo Psych or whatever they quote. Uh, but I, what I liked about that Tom it's he was very practical. He was very about like, what is reality? And this is what I was kind of chatting you with before is when you live this travel type lifestyle, I think you see people for who they really are. Um, a quick example, because I'm back in Poland. This happened last year when I was living here. Um, I was seeing this freshly uh, uh, new doctor, you know, so during the day she's pristine and, you know, you know, saving lives and, and doing that. And, and we met for the first time. I went right to her place. We were drinking wine and she was doing lines of some synthetic Polish drug the whole night. I'm like, I'm supposed to be, you know, working at the, the hospital like tomorrow. Like what if I was coming in as a patient? Right. And uh, my bigger message to this is I think when you're living this kind of travel life and you're not um, trapped down by what everyone thinks about you. And, uh, oh, you know, I see the girl at Japka every day, so I have to act this way. Or, you know, even when you meet a local, they feel more free with you because they know hey, this is probably not going to last. He's not going to go tell all my friends. He's not going to tell my family. Bingo. And so you really get the most out of people in the best way and the worst way. You see all the fucked up shit and you see kind of like what, what is happening behind closed doors. And I think Tom Torreo did a great job explaining that. He was like a, a grade school teacher before he studied at Oxford. So you can really explain it in a good way. But um, that's something that's really I've been trying to um, understand is living this life. It's hard for me to take that dude I saw on the plane serious. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to take all these people walking, doing their day to day job, working on Wall Street, um, you know, doing all these things. Because, like, I know it's like a, a lot of times a facade. That's not who they really are. You know, that's like a game everyone's playing. It's like a, a stage or, or a play on a stage. You know what I'm saying? Are, are, you, are you alluding to uh, the kind of red pill, blue pill dynamic? Is, is that what you're saying? Like people's eyes maybe aren't open or, or they're kind of just on autopilot. They're kind of NPC in it through life. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah so I, I think, I think, I think uh, everyone is, is playing uh, uh, on the stage. They have a mask on. You know, they're not really necessarily being their true self. They're fitting in societal programming, cultural programming. Um, you know, it's... it's uh, you don't really get to see what's uh, really happening unless you're kind of living our type of lives with whether it be the day game, whether it be the traveling, the nomadic, you know, type uh, atmosphere. I always say this, like the person that lives, you know, the normal life, they probably have one or two experiences every four, six months that make them like, whoa, us, we're having those experiences weekly. You know what I mean? And being able to like yeah. take those in and, and understand them and, and figure out why this is happening. I think it's like a, a jolt of so much shit going on that it's it's hard to take it all in. Does that kind of explain everything, or am I going on a tangent? No, you're not. I, I, most people are are they get their cultural downloads and then they run an autopilot. They don't update the software. They don't get fresh downloads. You know, whereas I, this is separates people who have a growth mindset and people who kind of buy into the be yourself mantra and just go with the you know 
um, go with the current. There's people with a growth mindset. You know, most people aren't reading books about self-development. They're not searching for new experiences. They're not seeking novelty. They're not trying to improve themselves. Most people uh, just kind of are stagnant. Uh, and yeah, when you travel, you get a lot of downloads. You get a lot of you get a lot of uh, experiences that make you question beliefs and values. Um, so you're always looking at something for, like from you're looking at yourself and you're looking at people from a bird's eye view. And you're trying to be a bit more introspective, a bit more analytical. And also anyone who gets into game, by the nature of game, you have to step back and be analytical too. Um, so I just think it's a different mindset. And I'm sure people who are listening to, to this, the like bold and perceptions, our bold perceptions, sorry, it's in the name. It's about perception, identity. The, we're speaking to the choir here. We're in an echo chamber. People listening to content like this are looking to improve themselves. They're looking to think about things in a different way. Um, but most people aren't doing that. Most people are just want to be entertained. They want to watch, watch Netflix. They're looking at porn. They're you know, eating fast food, not doing much, just trying to earn that dough to buy that house. There's not a lot of thinking involved. Um, and I think that's what you're alluding to when you're talking about the gentleman who was just on autopilot on his screen. Um, you're like, oh, how could you live like that? Just unaware. And this is, I suppose, why the whole analogy that's popular right now about the matrix and the blue pill and the red pill, uh, where that all comes from. And just for those who are interested, like that whole concept, red pill, blue pill, that all goes back to pickup. Like uh, I think of the early pickups designate when the game was released, the manosphere, red pill, all of that, that all goes back to the original pickup days. And it kind of evolved you know, the manosphere evolved from uh, a lot of pickup guys who had started blogs and started writing about diverse topics. They all got incorporated. It was men swapping notes. And then the red pill concept kind of evolved out of that. You used to call it, you see the red, the three ores of the manosphere, which is Roland Tomasi, Rational Male, and um, well, what was your man? Uh, Ch Chateau Artiste, or whatever his name was. I can't remember his author name for some reason. Um yeah, and then obviously with YouTube and social media, that's evolved again, became mainstream. You have the Tates and um, the, the 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 other popular figures the in the in the space at the moment, um, and it, it's become proper proper mainstream, all that kind of thinking. But it all came back to pickup, which was basically applied psychology. Men trying to mate, uh, you know, the oldest the oldest thing in the world, evolutionary biology manifested itself in a digital world uh anyone going i'm going on going on a tangent there <laughs> yeah was it so suave that was the original yes. forum the book of no, you know older than that was the fast seduction which is ross jeffrey's whole forum there's another one going oh yeah that was like that. the earliest the earliest place to like pick up wingman if you wanted to meet a wingman you go to like i think speed seduction or fast seduction which is jeffrey's jeffrey's was like real old school nlp stuff which is the devil's work by the way i don't know if you ever got into the nlp stuff if that's the dark arts of pickup well i i, did, I didn't feel comfortable using that kind of those techniques but um that's where you used to go to pick up uh or to find uh wingman back in the day but yeah they, they were the old days no, it's a rabbit hole. It's a it's a rabbit hole for sure. Yeah. I remember like maybe 17, 18, I think I read the rational mail, but it wasn't until I had a plan to go to Paris when I was living in Copenhagen and a plan to go to Paris with the girl I've been seeing for like a month, right? And the day mm -hmm. before 
She said, I can't do this. I can't, you know, go with you. I said, oh, shit. So I ended up going to Paris by myself, had amazing solo travel um, experience. But after that, I'm like, typed in some shit in Google. And of course, you know, you guys are always good with the keywords. And I came across that Tom Torero, right? And I just, I digest a lot of this stuff because I like this philosophy um, on life. But uh, no, I think the day game and, and all these different things is all about sales and persuasion and and uh, and so forth. And as long as you try to make it a win-win for people, I think that's no harm. Um, I think my social skills with men, women, business, anything has improved because I started going out in the street and saying, hey, excuse me, you know, do you speak English? You, don't, you look very nice today. You look like blah, 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 blah. Um, I think uh, it's led to amazing, beautiful experiences. I think putting a smile on people's faces when you go out uh, and about uh, it improves your mood, not only, but also them. So I think uh, there's a lot of weirdos in this space. And now, of course, you brought it up. Andrew Tate, it's gotten way mainstream. He he started off like getting his name in with all the Manosphere guys. And then yeah. he like just took it and amplified everything to the extreme of course, to, you know, get attention, to polarize, to, to make a way for himself. And uh, um, yeah, I'm curious. I had a I had a weird dream the other night that's like, okay, Andrew Tate, he gets 30 years solitary confinement in Romania. And it got me thinking like, shit, are you next? Is everyone that talks about this stuff going to gonna be next? And of course, Andrew Tate most likely has some mon money laundering issues and, you know, whatever is going on, you know, behind closed doors. But uh I, uh, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this whole Andrew Tate situation. Yeah, I, I've, I've been following the, I've been following the whole case against him. Uh, when he first came on the scene, I think it was Twitter. I first heard about him and, um, he, I don't uh, watch Star Wars. I have a Bentley. This yeah, because I don't watch Star That's weird. Yeah. I, and this is not the sound, uh, I don't know the words I'm going to use here, but, um, but when I, I kind of, he reminded me of me in my 20s, actually. Uh, you know, the whole, we, you, back in the blogosphere days, you used to, the more controversial posts you used to write, the more traffic you would get. That's just how it was, you know. And, um, but he, even the mentality around uh, women and that kind of thing, he, uh, just kind of a, a guy who obviously was big on his ego, narcissistic, dark triad, um, Certainly reminded of my former self. I was I was extremely narcissistic and egotistical and braggadocious. Um, I thought I was the man in my twenties and all that kind of thing. I I, I kind of thought okay, uh, but then you know you look into him. The guy the guy has a lot of achievements behind him. Achievements, uh, well, no, in fairness, legitimate achievements. But when I, the first kind of my inter where I saw him was I went on to uh, I saw him doing a live stream on YouTube. Um, because I was just I was just I was curious about the guy. Uh, and on the YouTube, it was, he was doing uh this thing of he was trying to sell a forex course. And I noticed in the live chat there was all these uh repeated names that kept kept coming up. That was like, oh, this guy is the coolest. And it was obviously he had hired some guy to uh to keep posting positive reviews, and every negative review was like this guy scammed me, blah blah, blah. was deleted immediately. There was a lot of guys coming in, oh, this guy scammed me. So uh, my initial impression of him wasn't very good. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't, I thought this guy's kind of a, he's kind of a scumbag vibe, or obviously a bit scammy, at least unethical when it comes to business. But, you know, he's very entertaining. Uh, I mean, the points he make, he makes them in a certain way where, you know, there, he's, I think he's quite intelligent as well, but clearly um, dark triad. 
I think he's a sociopath. Uh, I, I like I, I the jury's out. I, I don't I don't know what the, I don't know what to make of him, but I wouldn't say I'm a fan. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that guy. Hundred uh, percent. I, really I saw. Yeah, I I saw those WhatsApp messages, and everyone's saying, "Oh, it could be you know the AI now with deepfakes," but. It totally sounded like uh, from that documentary Vice made. Obviously, that's slanted, but these WhatsApp messages that came out like it came out from him. Total dark triad, hundred percent. And th oh, the yeah, best yeah. part is, I can see, you know, why he had that many women around him. Because even the women said, like, I don't think I'm a victim. I just think, like, uh, you know, now that I look back, it was weird. But they were all caught up into this, and this is dark triad people. They can pull off women love women love women love psychopaths. W women love psych they love to act right, yeah. guys. Like murderers, they're the mass asshole. murderers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, another thing he was doing uh, in his PhD course, he was basically um he was taking cash. Uh he's he supposed to be 50-50 with the girls, and he, you know, he'd say, Oh, 30% is for taxes, but then he was avoiding the tax and taking it in bitcoin and stuff like that so he's stealing from his employees which for me like i i have uh, i have tons of employees here or if the, the idea of stealing from my own employees is absolute scumbag move so listen he's he's been a very successful scumbag <laughs> and i think that's why people people see the cars they see the women they see the money um and it's the world view like you know dog eat dog machiavellianism ruthless strong beats the weak um you know, I think he was born in the wrong age. If he was in Kangas Khan times, he'd be, or, you know, Caesar times, you know, he'd, be, he'd make a good general. But in the modern Western world, uh, you know, you, you know, he, he the dog eat dogs and he's getting eaten right now by bigger dogs because what he's preaching sure. um, is, is not having necessarily uh, a net positive effect. I think he's had a lot of positive uh, influence on young men from a, a perspective of learning to fight hitting the gym. These are positive messages for guys. Um, you know, there, that's the thing. There's a lot of good stuff he's saying that young men aren't hearing. Because I think a lot of guys are lost now. You know, it's okay to be a man. But also, you know, people are sweeping under the road the fact that he does a lot of nasty stuff as well. So, um, 100%. Uh, I think Andrew Tate is totally... Uh, the pendulum swinging. He is the result of the last 10, 20 years Bingo. of constant, you know, put your dick away, stop being a man, masculinity, any sort of it is bad. And of course, after a while, someone like him is going to attract a ton of people who will be like, wow, this kind of does make sense. Or maybe, yeah, I should go to the gym and I should be a tough guy and I'm uh, masculinity. And um, I think there's a lot of causes that happened that made Andrew Tate so popular. One was he's a master marketer, like you said, doing the bots. He was a Forex guy, then PhD, pimp and hose degree. <laughs> um, you know, he did a lot of different uh, things to get to, to where he's at. And my whole thing was this too, but I found fascinating about Andrew Tate. I'm happy that he got a lot of these evolutionary psychology things into the mainstream. I'm happy yeah. that uh, we have a force that can push back on, you know, what, is, what does Rolo say? The matriarchy or whatever, gender. Yeah. Oh, gynocracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy we have a pushback on that. But like you said, this dude, okay, so first of all, he made his money on the sad Western dudes that didn't like their wife or didn't have a girlfriend. They and he, he pretended to be the women and he would drive them, he would drive, you know, yes. pick them dry from their savings and stuff. Uh, it's it's a schoolmark move, so, you know. 
but yeah, but this this is crazy. So he did that. He took advantage of the sad beta type Western dude before, and now he's doing the same thing on the other side with dudes that are lost, dudes that don't can't get women. They want to see fast cars, and they think that's the definition of success. And now he's making money off them with the Hustlers University and whatnot. So he literally started making money off them for a negative way, and now you can say it's somewhat positive. But it's the same target market he's been attacking. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I th I feel like a lot of his allies are actually, you know, I like some of his allies. Like, I th I think Sterling Cooper is a good guy. Uh, obviously, he's fell for Andrew's charms, but I and I think his his brother doesn't seem as bad as him. Um, but I, I when you're in when you're getting drunk on on you know fast cars and hot chicks and, and cash, it's like the Upton Sinclair quote. You know, it's hard for a man to understand something when his job depends on not understanding it. It's the same thing I say in my book about getting laid. You know, it's hard for a man to not understand something when not understanding it gets him laid. Uh, you know, you kind of gloss over all the, the, the bad stuff because the results are, are so fruitful. Uh, and also, like, Jay Waller is, is, I think these are all war room people who I actually like and respect, but um, I don't know. It's 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 a tricky one, and a lot of people in Andrew's personal life have vouched for him and said he's a great guy and he's very generous and all this kind of stuff. But you know, it's like all of us—we're all uh, parts good, parts bad. Um, but I, I said uh, for me, there's a few red lines there that personally I I find very distasteful. I said robbing from employees, uh, milking guys dry, um, things like that that I I just. I said that the whole Forex thing, just the way he goes about marketing stuff. Uh, not for me, uh, but some people, you know, they don't care about that kind of thing. Uh, we all have our different codes and conducts. I think there's much better positive role models out there. Like Joe Rogan, for example, same thing, strong, does jujitsu. He, he's a black belt. You know, he hunts, financially successful, listen to all sides. Like he's a kind of uh, person that I think young men should uh, be learning from. And guys like that. Um, but yeah, we definitely, it just shows that we, we're desperate need of positive re, uh, male role models in society because there's a, as you were saying, it's a reactionary thing. It's like where Trump got elected, you know, the, the pendulum swings back and forth. Uh, and because society has become so feminized, uh, it's only natural you're going to get figures like, uh, like a tape that are going to take the spotlight because, Jesus, there's a desperation uh, amongst young men, especially there's a as an epidemic of fatherless homes and stuff like that. It's only natural that people would just gravitate towards those, to that kind of messaging. Listen, it's, it's, uh, it's woken a lot of people up, uh, but I think what we're going to see emerge from this is because he was so audacious um, and, and uncouth in his messaging, I think it, it actually makes it better for people with more moderate voices that are preaching the same thing, but in a nicer way to, to, to become more acceptable. society. like, remember even, even, Jordan Peterson was considered controversial uh, when he first came out. Now he seems so tepid when, when the tates are even like, and this is a sad thing. Roosh as well. They went after him. Even I, I was, uh, when the whole Roosh thing went down, cause he was not, I was not comparing the tape, but it's the same playbook. You know, you rise to the top, uh, you get attacked by society and you end up, you know, you end up losing at the end of it. So guys got to be careful about uh, following this kind of advice. Even me, like when I, um, when that whole Roosh controversy happened, the Sunday world and uh, some paper, Irish papers went after me. I had two page spreads of me saying how much of a, 
a dirtbag was because I was into pickup and I was traveling around the world. Apparently, this is people and society and women hate the idea of um of guys. I don't I don't know whether it is guys improving themselves or uh, or learning about pickup and dating and stuff like that. There's a visceral reaction. I, I think the reason is is because there's a lot of people teaching manipulation tactics. And that's where uh, I think it gets squirrely. It's, yeah, fake. They think it's fake, but they, they worship the natural playboys. They worship uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, even though I started going after him because he's dating a 19-year-old now. They worship the, the Lion of Rimini. This dude slept with 7,000 women in the, the Italian city, city of Rimini back in its heyday, the 80s, the 90s. All the Scandinavians would come down there. He ended up dying in his car uh, at, with a heart attack at like 72, banging some 21-year-old uh, Swedish chick, right? And then for his funeral, like uh, 500 girls from like 20 to 70 flew down to go see him in, in Rimini. What? You think about Cas Casanova. Um, you think about uh, any of these playboys, like James Bond, people are fascinated with. I think it's as soon as people realize it's not natural or they're playing a game or they're being manipulative, that's when they, they get mad at it. But understand that a lot of dudes just aren't natural. They have to learn like the steps to be seductive or to know how to be around people and their, and their skills. And yeah. that's why it's totally should be acceptable for people to learn about this. And there should be a voice out there. But um, like, I think they don't, it's like a secret society. What did that, uh, that Durden or RSD Tyler talked oh, about? Like yeah. uh, the secret society and it, everyone else needs to just stay over here. And if you want to open up the door, then, you know, good luck. Yeah. And the thing is, it is true that there is a lot of schools of thought and there is a lot of um, negativity and uh, malpractice in pickup and game and, and learning social skills. But there is a lot of dark arts going on. There's a lot of, uh, I said, dark triotypes in the space that make the rest of us look bad. Uh, I think you can definitely learn pickup and game and social skills in a way that is ethical and, um, you know, it can be, can, can be quite positive. Uh, it's just find that line. Unfortunately, the whole thing has been tarnished. If you talk about pickup game, Manosphere, Red Pill, all this kind of thing, it's just it's all painted with the same brush because of the lowest common denominator. Yeah, it's a hard space to be in. Uh, no one's on your side. Certainly, society isn't on your side. So I, I kind of uh, I learned that lesson very early when I got media attacks on me. So I, I've I, I've been more cautious. And listen, when you're in your twenties, you're an idiot anyway. Like you do stupid stuff. You do an, you know, you're so focused on getting girls and stuff that you maybe don't do the most ethical things. Um, now, ethical by, I mean, you know, things like, I remember there was in the early days of, let's say, the Rouge V forum or these travel forums and pickup forums, you know, there was a lot of shady stuff that guys would do. Uh, but even something innocent like you meet a girl in a, in a town in some country and you say, oh, yeah, I'm staying. They ask you, how long are you here for? Oh, yeah, I'm here for a while. You know, you don't tell them you're leaving the next day. Say, oh, I'm sticking around for a while. You know, even small things like that. Like, I used to do stuff like that. I used to be with a lot of married girls. And, you know, I, oh, God, I've, I, I, you know, I'd done some stuff that wasn't cool, you know, like where girls would be with their boyfriends in the bar and then I'd hook up with them in the bathroom and stuff like that. I did stuff like that where was purposely made me feel powerful. But now I look back and go, oh, man, you're a piece of garbage. <laughs> So I, I, I think uh, I think we got to watch ourselves and hopefully we're going to evolve as guys switching notes where we can get to a place where we can teach other guys these skills in a way that isn't so uh, 
I don't want to use the word toxic, but maybe that's the word to use. Uh, I think um, there is a line of, you can get very dark, try it and get very manipulative uh, and do a lot of stuff that uh, most people consider unethical in the pursuit of, of this. And, and, you know, cause it's, there's such a focus on, on, on getting laid uh, that you just get blinded by anything else. I think there is a way it'll get better because back in the early days of pickup in the early days of travel and uh, when you did all these forms, there was no big brother. There was no one to, to say like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Like I, I, I certainly, I went into hedonism uh, in a way that most men have, have never gone in. Like I got obsessed with the whole flagging thing where I was about sleeping with all these nationalities from around the world. I think by 27, I'd, uh, at 27, I'd been with a third of the world's nationalities, and I was like the the world champion of flagging, and it was an empty and unsatisfactory thing. I felt shallow doing it at the end. When I get a new flag, I feel like oh god, I feel like garbage. It started to feel opposite of good. But there was no one in front of me or before me to tell me, hey, this path does not lead to happiness. Going down this route will not satisfy you anyway. You're, they don't give you a medal. They don't give you a trophy. At least if you pursue business and wealth, you have something to show for it at the end of the day. But I think any goals with numbers like that is is ultimately a fruitless endeavor. Um, but the I only think counter, the only counterpoint, my bad, the only counterpoint to all this yeah. is I think sometimes you need to know how fast you can drive before you crash the car. You need to have yeah. these crazy experiences. You need to get to where you got and realize it wasn't what it was. Otherwise, you know, a dude that got married at 18 years old or 19 and now he's 10, 15 years in a relationship. They're not having sex anymore. His, his wife put on some pounds. He's put on some pounds. He's like, damn, you know, life would be just so much better if I, I was traveling, if I did bang more girls. Or and, and he never really appreciates what he has, right? And he resents the woman the whole time because he didn't go out there. He didn't get lost in the sauce a little bit. He doesn't have like a, a, a feeling of, um, you know. He lived his life. Yeah, he's he doesn't FOMO, have. FOMO. Yeah, the FOMO, all that stuff. He doesn't have, um, fuck, I forgot the word. But yeah, so I think you need to push the limits though a little bit. But of course, everyone and their mother has told you since day one, eating the most candy possible is not going to feel good for you. You know what I mean? So we all know this, but even that being said, we people idolize Dan Bilz Bilzerine, the Hugh Hefner, um, you know, so it's like a human nature type thing. Is that the, the, the reptilian the, the reptilian the mind? Reptilian yeah. yeah, the reptilian mind. Like when we see when we see things like a big pair of boobs and <laughs> it's like you know a piece of chocolate cake. Like that appeals to the reptilian brain. It's just it's just natural. Um, and you, you know these care, care, carefully choreographed photos on Instagram. Uh, you know on the boat with the with the champagne surrounded by by women. That's that's a marketing thing. It's like a, it's a picture to appeal to that reptilian brain that we all have. Um. It you know it's not sexy uh, spiritual development and uh, all that kind of thing and finding happiness it's 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 easier just to to plug into that reptile and say who booby booby <laughs> well it's a reason uh, that's the most popular way to market what is it the red dress and the fast car the girl that's yeah. like the most proven way to get clicks through out the last like fifty years but um, no obviously you need to evolve but I really think. People have to push the limits a little bit to, to figure that out, to get more enlightened or, or, or whatever. If you don't do shit and uh, it's like these red pill people, you know, the men go another way. They read up on all this stuff and they're like, 
oh my God. And then the girls don't want them because they're too afraid to go talk to girls in person. So they just present everyone because they know like what's behind That's more the, black, the, black pill. That's the, they, they, black you pill. Know, you know, yeah, black pill stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they know the truth, but they won't do anything about it. So they sit and just say, fuck everything. Like, but they, they don't know what it's Violent. like to feminine energy. I told you, I've been sick the past couple of days. My amazing Polish princess taking care of me, you know, making sure I'm warm, getting me medicine. Like that is amazing. That is beautiful. Like you need to feel that in your life. If I didn't have women in my life, I go fucking crazy. You know what I mean, we need it as much as we don't need them. We also need them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, you know the said so the whole Tate thing and the Rolo and red pill, black pill, all this stuff. It's all part of a dialectic. You know, now with the internet, we're having conversations and the the mind hive, the zeitgeist is moving faster. So I think things are moving in generally a positive direction, but this is all part of the conversation. We're get, we're wising up a bit. And I think uh, as each generation passes, uh, we're going to get smarter and hopefully we'll find more fulfillment in our lives now. Like it could be completely wrong because we've become more digitized and stuff like that. But we do need guys, big brothers out there to get through to the younger generations and get positive messaging out. Uh, and I think that's, that's, still badly badly needed and ho hopefully uh hopefully it's become censorship resistant because i think that's the real threat you know when society clamps down on positive messaging or they just lump lump um red pill manosphere all this stuff into the one brush there is a threat where that kind of gets stamped out and you're gonna have these mad pendulum swings where we become more divided divided than ever um but yeah no i think uh I i'm optimistic i'm optimistic Hey, let's do some rapid fire stuff here. I know we're 50 minutes in, yeah. but this is good content. Um, okay. Uh, bald and bankrupt, Anthony Bourdain or Hunter S. Thompson? Who Who do you choose? Uh, I guess I guess Anthony Bourdain. Bald and bankrupt used to be on my forum, actually. He was uh, he was on my forum before we used to have uh, – and, and he, he – uh, he paid me to take all his uh, his content off because he, he was under a monkey and I think there was some stuff that was incriminating. Oh, bro, I saw, I, I, I saw the old forum post that they found about him talking about what he would do in the the Ukrainian villages. <laughs> he was in these well, know, areas. I think he funny. seems all right. I, I like. I, I, he was definitely on on the forum. He was a cool guy. He seemed. I don't know. What, I don't know what was controversial there. Maybe he was with. Um, I mean, maybe he was with girls that were like 17 or something like that I, I don't know what it was but he did it didn't wait, seem wait, like was, was your forum the one that his name was the russian city it was a russian name. Was... I don't yeah, say the name yeah yeah they found that, that. they found that they did yeah, they did yeah videos about them that, yeah, was your, yeah, yeah. that was your forum that's crazy yeah it wow. was my forum yeah yeah uh nobody said like i don't know what the big deal with him was i don't think he did anything illegal or they, you know, he, it like, like he was a he was a rich Westerner, um, and then that he had photos in front of Ferraris, and he would show the old babushkas because he spoke Russian. He would show okay. them, and then he would stay in the city for a week, and they would all introduce their, you know, the young woman of oh. the place there, not like underage stuff, but you know, 19, 20 year old. I, I think he just had a lot of hate. Like all the, anyone, any guy who's doing well is traveling around having fun. There's always going to be haters, and I, I just thought that was a big nothing burger when I saw all the hate towards. It was like this guy's not breaking any law. Maybe. Maybe he 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 did some uh, you know not so as it ethical stuff with the pickup maybe showing a Ferrari when he doesn't have a Ferrari you know 
listen, we've all we've all tried different things. But honestly, like in the grand scheme of things, I I I haven't seen any smoking gun against that guy. So I don't have any. I don't have any. Uh, I've no, I've no, no bad things to say about that guy. Um, that 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 whole dossier seemed like a load of a load of a big nothing burger. Just haters, haters. Right, and the same dude, the same dudes are that are like, oh, that's unethical. Are the same guys that are trying to act like best friends to these girls and then pull a move on them when they're drunk late at night. Bingo. I, mean, like, I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't stand when the dudes that are like that start talking shit. But no, I like Baldwin Baker a lot. I think he's a great guy from the videos I've seen. I've never met him in person. Yeah, he seems like I, I like Bourdain. I go for a drink. What do you seems cool? Uh, Bourdain, I just thought I, I don't know why he just he I liked his vibe. Um, I, I think we get along. <laughs> I think we, uh, Hunter was probably a bit wild for me. Uh, <laughs> all right, Bourdain was like a little boy though when it came to women. That's what he killed himself. Oh, yeah, over. like he went psycho yeah. over that one. She was banging Argenta. like an 18, 19 year old boy. She was cheating oh. on him with a, like a really young dude. Crazy. Yeah, Idiots. interesting question, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. That's uh. Oh, you can go for the next one. All right. The exotic, the unknown, rare finds, hidden gems, the road less traveled. There's nothing so alluring to the adventurer. People wonder why do I always want to go to Tascant over Tokyo, Kabul over Rio, Mali over Miami. It's in the blood. I can't help it. Yes. It was a tweet I did yesterday, I think. <laughs> yeah. I went on your Twitter and got a couple screenshots. I like All that. All right. One. Let me play uh, this video yeah. to go with it. These gun markets are crazy. We are in Pakistan, traveling towards the Afghan border to the world's most notorious gun market. We're going to head to a place called Smuggler's Market. Let's see what we can find there. Wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're prepared. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah, that was. You don't know how to shoot a gun, though. The way you're shooting that handgun, that was kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Living, well, you lived oh. in New York. You don't know guns. <laughs> I, I've shot guns before, but uh, yeah, I've only shot them in Eastern Europe and uh, like that. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I, I was worried the thing was going to shoot back at me. You know, like just explode in my hand or something. Yeah, no, no, not, go, not, I mean, like that. That video goes along with the tweet. Like, why? What is it? Is it our nomadic blood? That, uh, you know, like the hunters and gatherers, like what makes us push to the unknown to to explore different things? And why do some people just settle? And why do people like me and you go freaking crazy about it? Tell me, what's your theory? Well, I mean, if you look at all life uh, from bacteria to plants to us, what does it do? It it it, it reaches out, it expands, it, it, you know, replicates, it pushes forward and in a, in a way, you know, all creative pursuits or any pursuit that's outgoing or, or adventurous, it's feeling its way out. It's just evolution at play. So I think there's a natural propensity, especially uh, for males, to seek, to seek, uh, to go out and explore. It's just, it's part of, uh, it's part of the gene. Uh, now, some, I think, get it more than others. Some are, are prioritized survival more where they're worried about security and things like that. But I just think, I think it's it. I think it's in the blood. Um, you know, if you look at personality traits, you know, your certain people are more open to experience than others. Um, some are extroverted, some are more, uh, have a more, have a greater tolerance for risk. And I think if, you, if your, your DNA is tickled in a certain way, 
you get uh, people like myself or yourself who are more inclined to adventure and take risks in that regard. I mean, you got other people who, you know, tightrope across the tallest buildings in the world or, you know, do stunts up in the air and, and motorbikes and Free that kind solo. of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A whole other type of crazy. So I think, um, you know, for the evolution of the species, we need different types of crazy to go out there and, and test the waters and try things. Um, and and uh, I think that there's actually a, a, there's a selection in terms of natural selection. Women tend to choose males who are more likely to in, engage in uh, risky behavior. Here's the interesting thing. You were chatting about uh, Graham Hancock. I've loved the ancient alien idea, and I've done a lot of different uh, researching on the dark web for those kind of things. And there's a lot of interesting stuff to it. I've been, you know, the the Mayan stuff. I've been to Angkor Wat. I've been, you know, seen a lot of Roman shit, etc. And uh, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, Rel relating to evolution, relating to the Bible, and what the Bible says. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's as clear cut as, you know, for sure. I don't think we have the answers when it comes to evolution. Definitely can see some ancient alien shit where they come down here, they mix their DNA with ours and, you know, the Anunnaki so we could uh, mine gold for them or whatnot. Um, I, I think you have an, uh, a perspective on this, no? Uh, I don't know about ancient aliens. I, I've never looked into that. Um, we were talking about Graham Hancock. He's one of the biggest yeah. names in that field. Yeah, it was more it, more of the ancient civilization stuff he, he covers, you yeah. know, with younger Dryas, and, and there was a civilization that existed prior to 12,000 years ago, and there was lost technology, um, that kind of thing. His, I, books, I kinda, his original books? His original books were the main thing for the ancient alien series on the History Channel. Yeah, yeah. Fingerprint. That, that, that guy, he wrote a book mm -hmm. after that. That's a different guy, but... Um, um, uh, yeah, they, they were all used in the old show, Ancient Aliens and the History Channel. He just made the new one mm -hmm. on Netflix... But um, all those past civilizations talk about, you know, we came from the stars and, you know, like we're not from here and the aliens and et cetera. And I don't know, maybe this is too wacky for you, but you brought it up at the beginning. So I thought you, maybe you had an idea about it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really have have much thoughts about that. I, I kind of take everything from an evolutionary biology point of view. Most of my uh, most of my thoughts, beliefs um, come from evo psych you know uh that's i think can explain most things um so uh how we came to be is another question but for me i like i i i don't know i don't know if i don't know and um, there's no smoking gun you know you have to show me evidence for everything so i got a rabbit hole for you look up the book of enoch it didn't make it in the the official bible but uh, check out the book of Enoch. It, it, it'll it was it was it a candidate? Was it a candidate for when they were compiling? Yeah, yeah. The, Dead Sea Scrolls. And they they said it like correlated more than other uh, works in the Bible. And everyone's like, oh, why didn't this get put in there? Even though it's mentioned many times in like John and Matthew. But the book of Enoch is so similar to like the Anunnaki, so similar to like the old Hindu shit. It it'll blow your mind about like uh, fallen angels and uh, different things and. I, I just definitely think there's more to, obviously, I don't think the earth is 6,000 years old, but I don't think this whole little, oh, we came from little plankton and developed and now we're living as humans on, uh, you know, why are monkeys the same as they are now? If we developed from that, I don't know. Long story. I got two more things for you. Actually, three. We'll knock them out. And you, I know you got to go watch your game. So 
First thing. Yeah, no, we only got time. US, it doesn't start till another half an hour, so we're good. When? Only in the U.S. would passport bros be a thing. In Europe, they're just called bros. Dude, passport bro thing is blowing up right now. It's painful to me to watch it because it's 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 very myopic. Uh, I, I I believe that it's kind of a thing where it was a African African American phenomenon originally. It was like black guys basically getting passports and going. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, because we travel so much in Europe, that's just like okay. Well, that's what you do. You just you travel around. Like most most of my friends. Even in Ireland now, everyone's marrying foreigners. It's just, it's normal. And I think, uh, listen, I lived in the States for two years. Uh, most African-American girls are rough. You know, they're rough. They're very masculine. They're like pirates. They remind me of Australian girls. Yeah, they're they're trashy. Once they... you crack them, though, they're the softest girls you'll ever meet. Once you crack that hard outer shell, like you look at uh, the rappers and their girls that these you know, these bad yeah. bitches and then their rappers cheat on them all the time and they're still loyal and faithful. To me, they're the definition of projection to the fullest. They're the littlest, weakest girls, but they put on this bravado, this badass. And once you just like, come on, they, they go into place real quick. It's it's kind of funny. Anyways. Yeah, well, I should I should clarify because I had I had some African-American girlfriends and they were amazing. Uh, but I'm talking about like more the the ghetto types, you know, the lower class types. Um, uh, almost all of the, not this is a stereotype but the thing is a lot of fatherlessness in that community causes a lot of daddy issues which are detrimental for relationships um, and yeah a lot of crassness I find if you go to Africa if you go to Africa and you compare the women in Africa to the black women in America it's like comparing uh, fine scotch to cheap lager <laughs> Yeah. Of course, I met the ones, the ones, uh, the African-American women who I met were, which were nice, were usually they came from a good family. They had a bit of cash. They were middle class, different breed altogether. But what you see in the media, which is, is more like the promotion, like the Cardi B types, the Nicki Minaj types. Uh, I, I know she's from Trinidad or whatever, but it's kind of like it's promoted in the culture, this kind of trashy uh version of 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 uh black women and the, the, you know you got to have the attitude you got to have the sass and stuff like that um so yeah. i can imagine they're very difficult to contend with uh, and a lot of entitlement that's the main thing a lot of entitlement so imagine if you're a black guy in america you have to deal with these kind of attitudes where you're you know you're treated poorly um you're not respected as a man uh, I, I can see why a lot of black guys in america are, are opting to go to countries where the women are a lot more feminine they're a lot more um, appreciative of, of, of men. So I completely get the whole thing. I think the counteract to that is a lot of these guys maybe are low value and, you know, they can't get laid, so they go to somewhere else. I mean, that is a phenomenon as well with white guys going to Asia and stuff like that. And I think the negative reaction to passport pros is they're thinking of those guys. They're thinking of the, the lower dregs of society that are moving there. But obviously there's men of value doing it too. Otherwise, the girls wouldn't get so mad. Because clearly, there's man of value doing that as well. And all I think personally, you should go where you're treated best, like no man capitalist says. So no man, Cap Andrew, yeah. dorky little Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's good. Um, okay, so you said Cardi B and you said um, Nicki Minaj. So Cardi B got cheated on by Offset. She stayed with him. She put up with it. Took all the shit because she acts like she's so tough and whatnot, even though she's the drug man and was a stripper. 
when a dude puts her in her place, they act like little kids. Same with Nicki Minaj. She was dating that one dude who was basically banging some like 15 year old on the side. And um, I think he got in trouble for uh, sexual whatever. Um, she stood by his side, paid all his uh, um, bills for the lawyers and all that. And these are the toughest independent women ever. And they're sticking with, you know, losers. Right. But yeah. that whole idea, you got to check out my guys at Foreign Strategies because um, they got a lot of uh, people coming to them. They were traveling around black dudes and all the passport bros. They wanted to shy away from, you know, just bashing American woman, of course. But mm -hmm. um, I got a good perspective, you know, you know, hanging out and talking with them is uh, the situation's fucked up. And it is it is kind of messed up in USA. Like I have no urge to date in, in USA. I've dated, uh, you know, a decent amount of American girls that they're traveling around. And I think it's better outside the States because they're more, you know, not in that mindset and that run, run. And, you know, and, and the race, away. the race relationship, the race relations are much better outside of America. I, I honestly think like I, I have the option to stay in America. Uh, I, I, in fact, I moved here originally with an American girlfriend. She was Dominican, American, New Yorker. Um, but uh, the I thought... Well, I could have stayed there and uh, could have got hitched. Uh, but I thought raising kids in the States is actually, I thought of it as child abuse because the race relations there and the problems with identity, uh, I really think a lot of it's, you know, a lot of the culture is just broken and it's unfixable. Uh, the fact, just because of the family structures, the, the, the fatherlessness, the lack of identity, I am not optimistic. Um, I get the passport bros thing because I, I think... I think, especially if you look at the African-American community, what, 70, 80% of, of children don't grow up with their fathers around. Uh, that's not that's not a, a good place to be in. I mean, and then you have rampant uh, promiscuity affairs, multiple baby baby mamas. Um, you know, I, I, I'd want to I'd want to improve my situation. I, I, w I wouldn't necessarily want to to be in that culture. So I get why black dudes are going to places where women are more feminine and and you know they'll find someone that's a bit more family orientated i guess uh, yeah that whole topic it's a it's a deep rabbit hole 100 but uh your points you're saying i agree i mean there's nothing like usa opportunity there's a lot of money to be. oh yeah there. if you like, for, like for saying, money and opportunity it's it's next level i mean it is the land of opportunity and i listen i love america and actually i'm quite a fan of the constitution there i love your freedom of speech freedom of guns i absolutely uh i and i, I have a lot of affinity for americans both on the left and the right. Uh, I loved it there. I loved it there. I loved it there. It was, it was my, probably my, it was paradise for me, like living in New York. Uh, it's just, it's just healthcare, education and, and, and family structure. They're, they're the Trust me, I don't live there. Point. I don't live there anymore. And I don't yeah. think I'll live there for the foreseeable future, but I'm very happy I was born there because I leveraged, yeah. uh, you know, the opportunity. Um, okay, next thing. And we're almost finishing up. The best type of relationship is consensual non-monogamy where the man's casual encounters are overlooked and the woman doesn't cheat, yay or nay. And then you have a little poll here. Most of your audience uh, agrees with you that, yes, this is the best relationship. Yeah, I ran a poll pr previously where that wasn't an option. It was like um, monogamy versus don't ask, don't tell where you cheat uh, or polyamory. And I can't remember what the other one was. Um, yeah, and that was kind of a, a bit more divisive. But yeah, I think um, in relationships, uh, it's that that situation where I'm talking about where it's asymmetric, uh, consensual, non-monogamy is, is very possible. Um, if, you know, you have a bit of value, 
Uh, I don't think this is possible in the West, to be honest, because um, girls are so concerned oh, with... Oh, it is. If you're a big dog, they all do it. All the big dogs do this. All yeah, the, but it, it's uh, usually NFL players, NBA players. Yes. They all do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's true, yeah. It, 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 that's definitely true. But I think LeBron, in, LeBron James, his wife has been yeah. by his side the whole time, and everyone and their mother has, you know, talked about what yeah. he does on the road. So it's possible in the West, yes. but you need to be on upper ep- ep- echelon. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think if your guy is not like super like top one percent, most girls in their head, especially in the West, will have because they're they're so. Um, brainwashed with this whole uh, equalism thing where you know Tabitha Raza is young and idea blank slate there's no difference between the genders double standard all this kind of nonsense from the 80s uh, from the postmodern era and this kind of Frankfurt school line of thought that there if if a guy is going to you know if there's consensual non-consensual non-monogamy the, well I'm going to have my phone too and the girl is going to be going out you know sleeping with a load of guys as well and I think they, they do that because they want it to be fair or equal. In the West, they'd expect, you know, those behaviors to be the same. Whereas if you're with a girl from a more traditional country, she will not cheat. You know, she, she's less likely to cheat, but also allow more, you know, the guys to do more casual encounters. If you go to like Colombia and Brazil and and maybe Thailand and stuff like that, they kind of expect their guys to do. So. And Italy, a lot of the Mediterranean, a lot of Latin yeah. cultures. Oh, trust kind me, of ex- I, I met a lot of older dudes that have mistresses 20, 30 years younger than them. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's actually the norm throughout history where a guy will have like maybe a little bit on the side, has a kind of push, he'll have a primary woman where the where the woman won't have uh, another, like a, the equivalent of a mistress, another guy on the side. That's actually quite, that's been the most common setup, this kind of light polygamy. Uh, well, it's been history. a fact that dudes need some freaky stuff like like uh, the yeah, woman, yeah. when it comes to sex a lot of times it's about the emotions it's about the feelings and you know the vibe but like a dude sometimes we just need to get some new ass and it's, and it's like, not it emotional at is. all it's not emotional no, at all so, no. and I, but i think it's important because you know i've done the whole don't ask don't tell thing uh i don't think i i think it's always better to be honest uh and 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 be truthful you know, um, and you'd be surprised how many women will accept, the, you know, accept who you are as a man, you know, because as a man, we do seek novelty. We do want sexual variety. Uh, most guys would never have that conversation. They're way too scared on what the person would say. And listen, a lot of a lot of women wouldn't go for it. But if they really like the guy, they would. Um, but I, I think the whole uh, don't ask, don't tell thing where guys are going around, uh, you know, you're cheating all the time. Uh and not being and you're kind of hiding it and she thinks she's living in this fairy tale where you know you're the one and only i i don't i don't think that is has long term uh is is, is possible long term first of all you eat away at yourself if you, if you don't live in truth you won't live with integrity um it's bad for her too because it's the lying that gets the girls a lot more sometimes than the actual the actual encounters and i think if you, as well if you're if you're going to being having those conversations with your partner, you know, you can set some ground rules and expectations. Um, you know, like from all my twenties, all my all my relations were kind of um, polyamorous and stuff like that. So I, I've experimented with monogamy, polyamory, as, asymmetric, not consensual monogamy or non-monogamy, all the different styles. Many big words. I don't know what you're yeah, saying yeah. anymore. So I was definitely in. I've tried. I've experimented with so many different relationship styles. But I definitely think, um, I don't think polyamory works. 
that's per- my personal opinion. Uh, I think guys, we have it a natural... for the Mormons. Yeah, no, no, yes, but that's polygamy, different than polyamory. Polyamory is where the girl has multiple partners. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I used to subscribe to this sex at dawn idea, uh, a few books like that, but I just think that male jealousy is a is is, is part of our nature. Fraternity territory. Concern. Yeah, it just we don't want our, our we don't want women that are close to us being with a load of guys. It's just it's part of our nature. And there was for a long time there was this push to embrace. Uh, you know, we wanted men or women to. Um, be like men in the sexual realm and should oh you should get over the jealousy you should you know that's what why you're feeling jealous like you do it why can't she do it but i think it's just part of our dna and i think now people are starting to kind of uh we're, we're kind of to sorry for i'm stumbling over my words a bit but i think now we're kind of waking up and realizing that but ultimately no matter what relationship style you, you can be some guys i know have no problems with their with their partner you know, being with a load of guys. They, in fact, some guys get off on that, you know, the whole cuckoldry thing. And listen, do what you, I'm a libertarian, do whatever you want to do. It's not for me. Um, but I think whatever relationship style you're interested in, I think you, you should try and be as truthful as possible. I think that's that's the the best option. Now, honesty, some, honesty. Yeah, yeah. And you should do that from the start because if you don't do but it from the, the dudes, start, you're no, really... Yeah, and you're fucked if you don't do it from the start. But the dudes won't be this way because they don't have abundance, okay? They're afraid to lose these girls. So they'll tell yes, them yeah. sweet nothings to, to get them. Uh, me yeah. personally, especially this last year, I've made mm. it clear, not like out the gate. You know, the conversation's got to get flowing and the topic has yeah. to come up. I say, hey, look, I have multiple girlfriends. You know, I, I live a free lifestyle. This is what I do. If you like it, that's great. If not, no worries. Oh, really? That's interesting. So how do you make it work? When do you see them? Can I see photos of them? Sure. And of course, when they see photos, they're like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> he's with pretty girls, right? And it turns them on even more. But that is the last year that's been really fucked up for me. Is be- I've like been totally open about this. And my success rate, if you want to call it, has been... Crazy good because of it. I, I think it's a weird. Um, it's pre-selection, uh, less Pre-selection, yeah, of course, of course. Mm. And I'm not doing it in an asshole way, but I'm just like, okay, this no. is just what it is. Honesty. And then here's the best part: because I'm like that at the start. Let's They're say this relationship too. develops. Yeah, and, and it, this relationship develops, then they they don't complain about it as much later on. Of course, there'll be some snippets here and there, but I'm like, hey, look, remember when I met you? You know, if I, if I wasn't living this life, I never would have met you, right? So you can kind of get over that hump later on down the road if you just have the balls to say it how it is at the start. But dudes are pussy. Dudes are scared because they don't have abundance. Simple as that. Uh, yeah, it's scarcity mentality. And um, and then sometimes you know you got it's not it's a big it's more complicated now as well because you know you got to think about society. If let's say you're from Saudi Arabia or something like that, and you and your partner agree to like well Saudi Arabia is a terrible example because they're a polygamous society but if you agree to some sort of arrangement where let's say you're not necessarily monogamous you know there's a lot of shame attached to that if you're if you're like you know people who are in open relationships for example they're getting judged by their friends their family uh you know there's a lot of um you know there's so i think there's a lot dealing with discretion respect you know it's kind of complicated because there's a lot of judgment um you know, there's cultural norms, there's religious norms. Um, so it can be tricky to navigate. Um, but uh, yeah, you got to do what's right for you. I I know guys who are absolutely 
100% like monogamous guys. They just want to, you know, they're meet someone. They don't even, I, I've been out with so, uh, my friends, like we're kind of, you know, Catholic Ireland. So there's a lot of guilt attached, but I, I got mates who were with girls, married with girls, uh, have girlfriends who we go out, maybe we'd go dress next to pirates, go to place and they get hit on. Like they get offered straight up, like, yo, let's, let's do something. Cause they're wearing all the, uh, for guys, for people who don't know, I used to travel around with as Mexican pirate with some bears and swords and stuff. I wrote a book about it. My life is Mexican pirate, but we used to go to these in big groups to all these crazy places. And we go with swords and stuff like that. Girls would flock to us. Uh, and so all these guys would get offers, but some of them, they just wouldn't do anything because that's just not what they want to do. Uh, or if they did do something, couldn't live with themselves, they'd maybe have to tell their partners and the partners would split with them. And so, so they didn't have abundance or whatever. But um, yeah, so that suits a lot of people. They like they like that setup. Some guys never want to settle down. I know a lot of guys in the travel space, dating space, they never want to have a family. They never want to have kids. So they're never going to get attached. You know, let they do let them do them. Uh, you know, I said, do what you want, but try as best you can to, to live with integrity. Integrity also means not just living in truth if, as best you can, but also being true to your male nature. You know, let's be honest. A lot of guys who are in, uh, most guys, I would say, in, in monogamous pair bonding, if they, it was a beautiful woman that came up to them and said, hey, do you want to do something? They would like to do it. Of course they would um it's in our nature and you know we try and rationalize our positions and we look to religion we look to all sorts of conventions to to think we're 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 better than that but let's be honest it's our nature as men and we have to integrate that part of ourselves i think there's a quote i put up on twitter is from anton levey there is a beast in man that must be exercised not exercised so we got to feed the beast sometimes, I think. So it's a fine balance. I think if, to be satisfied as a guy, because um, if giving up that part of yourself, you basically give up part of who you are as a man. Uh, and I think you lose a lose a bit of happiness or a bit of contentment there. And then I think you go crazy. I think it builds up and you do some crazy shit. Like uh, yeah. you go beat your wife or you end up in a terrible divorce. Or I think if you don't like internalize like, those emotions or, or your, your nature and, and somehow express it maybe through weightlifting meditation. Yeah. Transmutation or... of sexual energy. It was not something that was exactly. one of those. Yeah. And of course people do it all the time. Like you can transmute that energy into something else. It doesn't have to be the sexual. Um, yeah. you could definitely trans, you can trans if, if let's say you're in a, you're in a monogamous, uh, marriage for 10 years or something, you have kids and stuff like that. And you don't want to go outside the home and you still get desires and you can channel that energy into something productive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, the, the answer isn't necessarily, you know, oh yeah, go out and find a mistress. No, I don't think so. Um, each to their own. That's what I always say, uh, you know, as a libertarian, let, let people do what the hell they want. I'm just, I'm just giving my, my kind of view and things what, what, uh, my thoughts. There's a lot of guys, you know, I think would, promote you know oh yeah no go off go off and go with find other girls to be with aside from your significant other and just don't tell her you know keep it hush hush you know and that's very common as well the don't ask don't tell thing the latin model but um you know you got to be careful with that if you can handle that you know each their own but not everyone can handle that uh, i i find it's better to try and be uh, truthful and honest Captain Mark Zolo, hold on, last thing, and you got to get to your game. I want you to read this, and this is my thoughts after traveling the world and 
and loving different uh, to women. Am I on the right page here? Check it out. So lesson one, jealousy only makes you miserable. Yeah, well, that's certainly true. Live and let live. No person should be responsible for your happiness. That 100% true. Uh, no, you should never, your happiness should not depend on, and I think on anyone. And I think uh, you have to as admission before a person. I, they, this is a common trope in the whole rape space. You have to, you know, should always have a mission before your partner or you. The, the the woman should never be the goal or the focus. You should have something else. Said the captain of your, she should be the first officer, and you're the captain of the ship. And the ship's going that way. You know, that's the. And I definitely think that's true. Um, yeah. What was it? Number two. Uh, it is possible to have many beautiful moments of love. You will long for more, but learn to fully take in the mini love bubbles for what they are. This sounds like, um, uh, can you explain that a bit more? You... Yeah, you meet an amazing girl in uh, split Croatia and you have a beautiful day on the beach. And then you go to some natural national park the next day. And the vibe is amazing, but she's got to go back to, to Germany and you already have plans to go somewhere else. So instead of longing for more and I'll oh, stay with me, just like take the moment in and appreciate it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. This happened last Thursday or something? <laughs> no, no that was just off the top of the head. Which you know what I mean? Uh, like, you know, it's yes. a, just a stupid metaphor for like Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop trying to make had... your perfect little life and everything and etc yeah especially because you don't know this person too so this person like you're both in a free mind state you're you know on vacation or you're traveling and who says you know back in germany would be the same thing right like this is like a moment in time the stars align and take it all in and then if it does lead to something in the future like maybe it does but don't just uh, focus on that right get on with your life type deal that wasn't as yes. uh, smart. No, I like, I like nice that. Ones. No, I, I get where you're coming from. Take the rose-colored glasses off. All that glitters is not gold. Yeah, absolutely. This is about models and really attractive women. I mean, I assume you know that it's definitely not the ideal setup in life. And I don't know. My experiences with the models and the girls that are top tier has been yuck. It's been really fucked up. I think there's like a delusional world they type live in. And it doesn't like translate to the experiences I've had in my life. And it's just hard to fully connect with them. I mean, what do you think of, of that? You know, well, my experience with women who are very good looking, like beauty contests and models and stuff like that is um, they're often the ones that want to be treated the most poorly in the bedroom because <laughs> they get pedestal, they get um, put on a pedestal so much. Um, there's a lot of neuroses, neuroses that happen with that. If you're a beautiful woman, uh, in a way, it's it's a burden too. You got you got so much attention and and sipping and stuff like that that you often fail to develop yourself um, in other ways, and yet you end up with a deficit uh, in terms of personality and that kind of thing. Uh, and because so much of their values depend on how they look, that it, it causes a type of insecurity. Uh, there is, I've met I've met women who, you know, top tier that are very emotionally developed and unstable. But um, I don't. Hey, I don't another know thing, what... 
this goes with also to uh, um, I think dudes put the woman on the pedestal, right? And they mm -hmm. had the one itis, and you know what glitters on the outside. Maybe you're not seeing past uh, the rose colored glasses. That's what that yeah. goes along with too. No, absolutely. I mean the the some guys when they see a beautiful woman they're just like oh perfection oh what would i do if i could be with that person but you just gotta i what i always do is i just think just think of them with no makeup on taking a shit after on oh, no. <laughs> makeup gone taking a shit they're hungover they just got railed by by two dudes you know uh, the best quote is the best quote is you look at any super pretty girl and there's a dude that is sick of fucking of her yeah, yeah exactly, exactly listen we all have flaws like no, no one's perfect and I, a lot of it's makeup too man i'm telling you like it took me years to kind of see true makeup because sometimes we just see the makeup um yeah and i and i think that, that it's that's exposure therapy the more experience you get with girls yeah, the more exposure, exposure you have to be that kind of, it kind of wears off but yeah for guys just starting out it just it has a hypnotic effect beauty does all right, this next one. Here we go. You, you can read this one. Is it? All right. Timidity, timidity is dangerous. Better to enter with boldness. Any mistakes you commit through audacity are easily corrected with more audacity. Everyone admires the bold. No one honors the timid. It's a quote from Yar. Robert Greene. This is uh, one of the... Pirate four... life. Yeah, courage. Courage. Um... You know, the, the, there was a great book by Jack Donovan, uh, The Way of Men. Uh, he talked about the four classical virtues of masculinity. I think it was strength, mastery, honor, and courage. Because it's no good. You, you know, you could be the best looking guy in the world. You could be, you know, I don't know, be an expert at uh, some sport. You could be some big sports girl. But if you don't go up and talk to a girl, you're not going to get anywhere. I know a lot of good looking guys who just, they, like, they do well on Tinder, but put them in a bar and tell them to go up and talk to her, they won't do it. Whereas the guy who's maybe half as good-looking, who has the balls to go up and approach, will be more successful. The guys I know who are most successful with women are the guys who get rejected the most. The guys who take the chance. Um, yeah, that's the truth. So uh, you're going to fail. I think... I think also that quote, though, it relates to our travel life. Like, you go into the gun market in Pakistan. I mean... A lot of people would be scared to do that. I guarantee you had a fun, great time, wonderful yeah, experience. Great. And that takes a lot of boldness to do it. But also like uh, the audacity part is is basically saying, you know, if you fuck up, just double down on it. You know, don't uh, get all wimpy and curl up. And obviously if you're in the wrong, of course. But a lot of the times like you're getting tested by women, by life, by people and if, uh, if if you try to put that boldness out there, then you fold right when they slap you in the face. No, like you you need to to overcorrect it with the, with the boldness because nobody, like you said, no one gives a fuck about someone that's timid and weak and doesn't like yeah. go out for what they want. That's just life. Yeah, yeah, preach, brother. <laughs> last one, last one. Girls, they just want to have fun. That's yeah. the message. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's uh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's self evident. They just want to have fun. Yeah, what it what what was the what's the? Can you go on a bit more about that topic? Or, or what, oh, what, I had to add uh, this in there so I wouldn't get it uh, harassed. Right. Uh, let me see what I gotta finish. This. 
Girls, I love, Girls you. I love you. You are the spice of life, but understanding you is very important. Otherwise, us guys get lost in the sauce, and that's not good for anybody. I think the, the most issues that happen for women are dudes that don't understand them. I think uh, nowadays the issues we have with uh, men and women are due to weak men. I think it is uh, our responsibility, and um, we failed at it the past generation so it's like guys like you captain mark that need to teach other men and and go from there but uh, hey i appreciate you coming on i'm definitely going to try to visit you in malta and hit one of those bars that i guess is top rated i see some yeah, awards we, you're getting it yeah, better not we, be just we, an irish pub what it better no, not they're, be they're, just an irish pub no no they're they're, they're different they're, they're not actually themed like an irish pub uh they're okay, irish owned yeah, but they're not they're not like you're they're not mac paddy's irish pub no no no. they're they're themed okay, bars good. but yeah i won best pub in the country there we won two other awards best craft beer bar as well my, one of my other places so things are going well they're busy um yes yeah, i'm i'm done making other bars so it's like after the fourth one i was just like i'm sick it's of 24 7 isn't it the, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. A lot of moving seven. parts and brick and mortar businesses. You know, you got staff, you got stock. You got it's just, it's a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts, and it's it's not that scalable like compared to doing stuff online. Um, brick and mortar stuff, the scalability, it's 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 tricky. It's tricky. It's a lot of work. Listen, it's good lifestyle. It's nice having. Uh, you know, Malta is a very small place. You know, you go into a place, everyone knows who you are. Uh, you know, big fish, small pond. You know, free drink, free food everywhere you go. A uh, lot of attention, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, so it's a good lifestyle. But in terms of, uh, I think I'm done with it now. I'd like to get into something else. Um, Mark, what else you got to pitch? You got any new books coming out? I saw that Mexican pirate one. That looks pretty cool. I know you're just yeah. sailing the Caribbean. It's amazing. But uh, do you have any products or anything interesting coming out? Uh, no, I just released the audio book for My Life as a Mexican Pirate. It took me like a, a 18 months, 50 accents later. Um, and I've gotten a great response from that. Uh, you can find it on Audible, My Life as a Mexican Pirate. Uh, the prequel to that is Naughty Nomad, my first book. Um, that got to number one in travel writing. And the last one got to number one in adventure travel. Um, yeah, but follow me on, on YouTube, Naughty Nomad or Mark Zolo, you can type in. Uh, at Naughty Nomad and Twitter, Instagram. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm on TikTok now. I caved, but I hate that place. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I finally here. got back on, on the Twitter. I never did anything with that account. I, I messaged you from there, and there's good discussion happening on Twitter. And I got oh, back Twitter's the, the best. Elon thing. No, I yeah, know. You I can talk to I like Twitter. Cool people. Yeah, I like, uh, Twitter's my favorite. It's the, it's the only one that kind of draws me, and I never scroll on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. But Twitter, Twitter gets me sometimes. I just, I love the chat and you get nuggets of wisdom occasionally in there that you can use. No, beautiful. Hey, Mark, I really appreciate it though. And again, I hope to see you sometime in real life and keep doing what you're doing. You've inspired a lot of people. Cheers, Nick. An absolute pleasure. Uh, yeah, awesome.